Good morning, good afternoon. How y'all doing out there? This is Jacoby Kirvin with United Fathers. We are hosting the best fathers show ever. We have here <laughs> Joe and his junior. <laughs> How you doing today, Joe? Uh, I'm I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty lovely today. Actually, I got some energy, man. I'm here on this Black History Month. I live in um, teaching my sons, you know, uh, just teaching not only my sons, but myself and my students are still more history to know that we yeah. never knew, fam. Yeah. Facts, facts. Happy happy Black History Month as well. Um, you know, very interesting topic. So, so okay, let, let me ask you this then, since you've already put it out there. What's, what's, um, what's one thing that um, you are teaching your sons that we didn't know growing up. What? Repeat that, man. I have a student asking me a question. <laughs> I said, "What's what's one thing you're teaching your son or your sons? I'm sorry, um, that we didn't know growing up. One thing about our history that we didn't know growing up. Uh, it's so much, Joe. Um, first of all, who they are, their image, the portrayal. Yeah. Um, they're not yeah. black. They're brown." Yeah, yeah. I want to feel like I want I want to I don't I don't want them to believe that black and white, first of all, is one part of the other. And so yeah. it's a duality or not a duality, that's a contrast. Um, but you have to have one. You can't have one without the other, pretty much. So in a way, when they call you black, it's symbolically telling you like you have to have white people in you. Or black mm -hmm. is like like a black cat or you know anything negative is black a black villain is dressed all in all black and everything so in a way i want them to realize that just because they call you black you're really not you're brown fam and nothing yeah. wrong there's nothing's wrong with you and the history about like okay we as african americans or african people or african descendants we invented chess we invented lights we invented the streets we invented so much that they don't teach us yeah yeah, facts. Very, very interesting. I, I most definitely have to, you know, co-sign on the you're not black, you're brown, right? Like I mm -hmm. and for me, it's cod it's kind of bothering when I say that to also people, you know, um, that are in brown communities and they say, No, nah, bro, we're black. And I'm like, No, we're not, bro, we're brown. Like the color of my shirt is black. You know, exactly. I'm usually in a I'm usually in a you know, all black or black suit. And so I'm like, no, my suit jacket is black. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm brown. My, my The color of my hair and my facial hair is black. I'm clearly not that color. <laughs> and, 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 fam, it makes no sense. Like we we don't put it in perspective. Like that black is not a, it's, it's not your race. It's a color. Yeah. Yeah, like, and here, <laughs> like, here, we've been on Clubhouse and there was actually an interesting topic that came up amongst um, some women. Because uh, mm -hmm. it was mostly a, a, a clubhouse room filled with women. I just so happened to be attracted to the title of the room, um, which was, um, is light-skinned women treated poorly? Um, something of that nature. I can't remember the exact title. But at the time, I was attracted to the title, which is the reason why I went into the room. Because yeah. I just want to hear the different perspectives. And um, that room led to a whole nother room in which the second room almost seemed as if they was comparing the oppression that a dark-skinned brown woman would face versus a light-skinned brown woman. And, but the way that they was framing all of it is 
based on being black, right? Yeah. So one of the questions that came up was, is light-skinned people black? Now, when you go around this, what? now when you go, <laughs> now when you go around this entire what? room, right? Most people, most people, like there, there was some of them that were saying, we need to stop saying people like Drake is black. He's not black, he's light-skinned. Um, if you have, if you're mixed with white, you're not black, you're light-skinned. And so, and I felt as if that conversation deprived, or, or I'm sorry, that conversation was the byproduct of this ignorant point of view that we are black when we are brown. Because mm -hmm. if the conversation was, are light skins brown? The obvious answer is yes. Exactly. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like exactly. if the conversation is, is dark skin um, brown, the answer is clearly yes, right? When we say is light skin black? Well, the answer is clearly no, because none of us are black. We're brown, right? And, but I think in the way that this was framed, it's like the darker you are, the blacker you are. And that, you know, it, I, I feel as if getting our people to believe that they are black allows or puts us in a position that creates division within our culture because we're all um, having conversations and arguing about something that is clear as day to our eye, but we're disregarding it, right? Um, because we, obviously, we all know- It's not even just about skin, Joe, I mean, because Malcolm X, um, he was light skinned with red hair. And they can really say, and they, they called him red and everything, and he can pass us another nationality low key. A lot of people, and then it's a division, and it's unfortunate that like they call him Drake. Like they don't want to call Drake because um black because he's light skinned. I mean, he's still black. His dad was black. Yeah. Yeah. So well, here's well, here's the thing. I think so. This this particular conversation was kind of headed in the, the topic about colorism and about how dark exactly. skin, how dark skins are treated unfairly as opposed to light skin. You know, what do you think about colorism? I mean, we we obviously know that it's a very real thing, right? Like dark, yeah, um, dark skins are treated unfairly. Um, you know, but I mean, if we're being honest, people of all cultures in some way, form or fashion, is treated unfairly. So yeah, I mean, there's um, European Americans who, who, um, who, uh, who talk about each other um, because they're they're poor, their economics stability. Like back in the day right. when slavery was uh, dominant and prominent in America, they used to treat Irish um, people dirt poor, just like niggas, dead ass. Yeah, they right. was the the white niggas. So it's right. always going to be a colorism, a classism, everything everything um how i'm gonna teach my sons about the colorism though is the fact that okay you're brown you're a beautiful skin color you have beautiful skin color all right i want you to know that like if they whenever they meet you joe you're you're chocolate um whenever they meet another <laughs> woman yeah you're chocolate uh whenever they meet a darker skin complexion person they're yeah. going to be dark chocolate yeah or they're going to be moco like me i'm caramel god damn it you can't take that away from me. <laughs> and I have, we all have beautiful skin and it's all different and everything, but yeah. we're not black. I'm going to teach them about the importance of respecting others and seeing their beauty for who they are not because of their, just because of their color and everything. Um, and it is a dirty game because we do, they do frame that men do colorism, but really particularly, I see a lot more black women or 
quote unquote, uh, quote unquote, black women doing colorism just as much. Like they were just getting on mm. Chloe's head uh, in, in social media for doing too much. They also were talking about her skin complexion and everything. I'm not even aware of, of, of this situation that's going on. There. They were talking about how Chloe was seeking attention and they, then there was a lot more um, black women were talking or, and they was bullying her um, on Twitter about her skin complexion and everything as well. It, it just didn't make any sense about like how they was going about it. And just because she's, you know, using her shapes and her courage and also her beauty and boils down to it, her color down yeah. against her and everything. It didn't make any sense. And I'm saying it because I'm seeing a lot more black women do it and we don't really talk about it. Mm. Mm. Very interesting. Very interesting. Because we and always hold the um the scope to black men, pretty much. Mm. Mm. Very interesting perspective. I think that's gonna be a topic that we should really bring um to the spotlight and create an entire episode around um in the coming months, maybe next month. Um, yeah, I would actually like to like we should invite you know who Jacoby is. I know you know who that is. Who? Jacobia, Kobe, yes. Yes. yeah, we invite her on there because she, since she's a mother, Absolutely. she's probably most likely experienced this and everything. Absolutely. Shout out to you. She's been doing her thing and everything. I've been yeah. seeing her go live. Yeah. Um, she's been talking about some interesting topics and I bet she can actually talk about that. That'd be dope. Or any other woman out there um, that has experienced. I actually, we should invite two of them. Shit, fuck all that. I, I think, I, to be honest, man, I think we should invite women and men to the next. Uh, yes, have, have a whole group episode. discussion about it. And just have a yep, have a open forum, open group discussion about the topic, um, because I do think that it's an interesting topic that we need to talk more about in a positive light, though, right? Like, because mm -hmm. one of the things I've been learning on Clubhouse, and maybe we could speak to this or how we're saying this in our communities, but one of the things that's been became very clear to me in Clubhouse, as Clubhouse seems to be the app that is really connecting us worldwide with individuals in a very intimate way because we're talking to one another. It's not just liking pictures and liking photos and commenting. You're talking directly to other people. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've been realizing is that there are much more problem focused people in the world that I thought than solution driven individuals. Bro, you see that? <laughs> we don't talk about any solutions to get to it. Fam, I've been seeing this for years because I'm more of an observer and I see people repeatedly telling the same problem problem over and over again, just like the colorism. We always talk about how black men do this and do that where we not really talk about, okay, we also need to talk about color, uh, colorism between women, but we also need to talk about the solution and how to form a better understanding about our nationality or color and how beautiful we are and everything no matter what facts facts i completely agree and i think i think that is a perfect segue into this quote by michelle obama that says she says history has shown us that courage can be contagious contagious and hope can take on a life of its own let me read that one more time History has shown us that courage can be contagious and hope can take on a life of its own. Those are powerful words. My question to you is how can we be more courageous in our communities and in the conversations that we are having around problems that are, are, are obviously very real, 
but in a way that will lead us to solutions. First of all, connect with your um, the community. If you want to change your community, you got you have to connect. You have to do volunteer work. You have to do the footwork um, and to meet the people that you're trying to help. Um, like basically what you're doing, you're in your community, Lake Como, Texas. <laughs> Big shout out. Shameless. Shameless <laughs> <laughs> but now you're in your community and you're connecting with the, the, the young groups. You're also, I've seen you on, in Arlington Heights. No plug there. Fuck them. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. But uh, now you're connecting with them, the football people, um, and you're, you're, you're figuring out what you need to do. Yeah. And so you're you're then going there. You can form a plan and everything to actually change your community. And that ripple effect, which I've always seen, uh, will have a bigger effect in the next community because they can take that same same plan. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to, you know, um, take the same thing and apply it to your the next one. And so whatever you you use, they can apply it to the next community. And after that, and if they don't want to use it, oh well, fuck them. Yeah, facts. And you know, one thing, one word that really stuck out, or I guess two words, you said the the footwork. And, yes. And I think that's so important because people don't understand that you need to actually be moving your feet. You need to actually be doing shit, right? Like not just you have all these theories and these ideas, but you're not doing shit about them. You know, like exactly. I once... I once made a post a long time ago that someone who complained or someone who uh, passionately, and it, it can come off as complaining, but I feel like it's just expression. Someone who's passionately talking about the problems and the injustices in the world that they don't like and they do something about it, that's honorable. Someone that talks about the things that they don't like in the world and they don't do nothing about it, that's laughable. Like, fuck are you mm -hmm. talking about if you're not gonna do nothing about it? And exactly. I think- I think that's the thing that most people have. We, we as a human race have to get to a point of understanding. It's like, if we see something that we don't like, we should take action and do something about it. And the, the footwork is what's so necessary because you have to be willing to get into your communities and, and I mean, take the impact further than there, right? Like state and global, but I mean, most definitely your, your physical presence is important. And so being like I firmly believe ground zero most definitely is being in your community and one of the things that I've learned um, in my journey of entrepreneurship is that being in your community to start may look different than how you want it to end I mean nine times out of ten it will right exactly so, so early on you do have to change facts facts like early early on early on in my entrepreneurship career I kind of used to get tripped up over the fact that when I was going into the community and stuff that um, it, I wasn't given the power that I knew I uh, uh, wanted to create the change that I need, so to speak, or given the authority, I guess I should say, or given the, you know, uh, uh, space to, create the change that I was willing to see. I used to get tripped up over that. And so because I would get tripped up over it, I wasn't as present in the most impactful ways that I could have been. And I think a lot of that came from scarcity. As I continued to mature in my walk scarcity of scarcity. scarcity, I'm sorry. Um, thank you. Um, as I began to mature in my walk of entrepreneurship in life, 
I've began to realize how I go into the community and help is going to be predicated on the help that's needed, not on just what the fuck I want to do. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, 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 one, I wholeheartedly agree with you though, man, we most definitely do got to go into our communities. We need to get connected um, and, and we need to figure out what are the real problems in that community um, and, and do our best to tend to those real problems in the, you know, small or major ways that we're supposed to Big facts. Um, Big contribute facts. to those problems. I mean, cause you may find out that one problem may lead to the other and the, the real result or the real reason behind that is such and such You're like damn i didn't even know that That's, you know what let me go ahead and try to fix this and try to organize and mobilize some people around this so we can actually try to be a better community and everything like one of my things i want to mobilize around is like how to really stop single parent um, homes from happening and that's pretty putting more ownership on men to do better in wrapping it up um and choosing who they want to have kids with because you that's where it starts exactly because you control it all you control it all you have the seed so you yourself control how many kids are in this world and how many single parents how many single mothers yourself single fathers out here in this world myself i'm going through um, a difficult situation but I have to suck it up and be a man and just leave it, uh, be, be about it Yeah, pretty much in life. You, you want to tap into that situation you're, you're going in, you're going through right now? I will a little bit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I can. Um, basically I came down here to, to um, Longview, Texas, that's East Texas to be exact. And that's in the Royal uh, community, pretty much um, not that much out here, not that many resources and everything. Um, and so I was only coming down here for school. I had two kids. One, one with two baby moms, two women, excuse me. Um, one, she's from Fort Worth. So that's kind of okay. And that one, I take full responsibility for. Mm. I take full responsibility. Okay. As a man. Um, even though I was young and dumb, I still take responsibility because I see that I did that. The yeah. second one, I couldn't do anything about. Um, and even though I was dating her, we weren't married. And so therefore it wasn't really guaranteed that we were going to be together. Yeah. And so she then, and I want to say this before, um, even though I know that it is my fault and everything, or I control who I have a child with, once that child is developing in that woman, it is her responsibility to either have it or not. So I can't get mad. Well, I can't get mad, but then again, I, I can't do anything. That's what I'm saying. You, you know, you know, you know that you can't control what a woman does exactly. in her body. Exactly. Yeah. It's all up to her. And so, but I put all the perspectives out there and she knows I'm not from down there and she knows I'm going to move. And so being the man I am, I want to be in my child's life. My father wasn't in my life. And I understand the dynamic of a, the impact as well that a father can have in a boy's life. And excuse me, a child's life boy or girl, boy or girl, it doesn't matter, but more, more to me, to a boy, because I was that boy that didn't have a father. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that I can give my son the keys to be a man, not a boy. And there's a lot of boys out here in dead, um, in jail or just misguided from being raised by their mothers. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that really hurts to know that she's choosing a path for only herself. And it's and it's and it's 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 important to note right here really fast mm -hmm. um, to the audience. The last statement about you know boys ending up dead or in jail or you know misguided by being raised by their mothers that's not to take a shot on the mother that's that's what what i'm sure jacoby is saying is having having a not having your father uh plays into certain um um like not having your father just simply it doesn't do you justice it doesn't like, um and like, I'm not, like, it was, like you said i'm not taking a shot but just like, and I use this, I use, I told this example to my second, the second mother of my child. If we had a daughter, and she needed to to understand what the development of a, a woman is and everything, and what she's going through in puberty, her sex life, her drive, and how um, a lot of things that I can't really talk about, I would honestly say like, oh, go to your mother, like respectfully. I I can't do anything about that. I don't know what to talk about, honestly. I don't know what to talk about a period, menstrual cycle. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. So that's the place. That's who you need to talk about. She has the keys to womanhood. I don't. I can only shape the image of what society and help you build up to be a better woman for your man and for the world. And so when I say that a woman can't do what a man can do, it's not to throw shots at all because yeah. they can't. I can't do what a woman can do yeah. respectfully because that's not my nature and I can't play both sides. And this is factual. When I say that men are dying um, or in jail or in, uh, excuse me, a jail or just misguided is mainly because they had a single mother and they don't understand. They didn't understand how to raise a boy. I mean, excuse me, raise a man. Very, very. It's very, facts. And I don't want yeah. to, and we can definitely get on Instagram and talk about it and everything, yeah. but I don't say it in a disrespectful way whatsoever. No, I, and, and, I, and, I, and I most definitely, I feel that. And I, I would like to use this time to kind of just briefly talk about my personal experience. So, okay, um, because, because I, I do want to co-sign on the fact that, uh, firstly, my mother was a phenomenal woman. Um, unfortunately, I lost her when I was young. I was eight years old. And not having my father around uh, played a large part, played a very large role in the poor ways I went about dealing with my emotions. Yeah. Um, it played a large role in how I went about expressing myself and how I chose to be productive or the lack thereof. Um, it, it, it like, I mean, needless to say, not having my father being the type of role model and man that I needed him to be, I was going down a very troubled path. And if it wasn't for uh, God giving me mentors, male mentors, men, um, I wouldn't have learned how to become a man. Like I, 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 and I firmly believe that. I do not believe in self-made man. That shit is not where it's at. We, at least in my in my honest opinion, we all learn how to become a man, um, or men learn how to become a man from other men. Yeah. And women learn how to become a woman from other women. Like it just exactly. is what it is. It is it's nature. This is this is this who you look up to. You have to. You you naturally forming. 
form to absolutely it. facts facts so um i i know you're i know you're not taking a shot and and for any mother that that may be you know considering that that's what's happening here i really you know i you know urge and encourage you to just consider that what we're saying is not having a father present plays a you know detrimental role in the development of a child exactly. fathers fathers need to be present and mm -hmm. um here on united fathers and with our movement united fathers we plan to promote um present and positive fatherhood right like what it means to be present what it means to be positive what it means to be productive what it means to be protective right um we're here to promote that and we're, we're all we're all for those things jacob before we close out man you got anything you want to you want to drop on us uh uh to finish this episode and you know uh tell everyone happy black history month man happy black history month i hope y'all teaching y'all little ones it's not just a month it's a year it's a process throughout your entire life to take pride in who you are i hope y'all have a wonderful day and continue to be blessed and uplifted throughout this um struggle and covid and everything um also for the men out there when i say control your seed i mean control it wrap it up and if you need you definitely need to start having conversations those uncomfortable conversations with women to see if they want to have a kid or not and if they do want to have a kid then you end up having getting her pregnant then that's on you yeah. um yeah. let's be real about it be men be leaders I want to say this again, be leaders and understand your position to lead your family because you have the family within you. Be blessed. Yeah. Be blessed. Be blessed. I'm ready for I'm ready for I'm ready for it. Ready for it. Ready for it. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Don't know where it's going to take me, but I'm.